Lower Black Pain, a series of words arranged, typed, and spoken by J.D. Michaels. Deep within the science that is family dynamics, directly in between the cold wind of passive aggression and the warm sunrise of honest affection, there used to stand a casual apathy that we each carried with us to holiday functions, along with side dishes and Tupperware containers. This allowed us to observe, casually, as people we didn't really know said things we didn't really agree with, also casually. It was just for the one day, and at the end we took our containers home, washed them in the sink, shrugged our shoulders, and said to each other, well, you know, that's family. Families, in general, either get along or don't get along, and it's not like they suddenly switch. You know what you're getting into if you marry a Targaryen or a Lannister. There's not going to be a lot of relaxing dinner parties, and probably a great deal of uncomfortable furniture. The closest families I've ever seen all live in New Jersey, and they may not all get along, but they're undoubtedly a band, not of brothers, but a rock band. When they take the stage at family gatherings, there's a downbeat and a power chord, and it's just on. As a younger man, I was lucky enough to be invited to one of these shindigs, and let me tell you, the wine got poured, and the stories came out, and the food was passed, and it all got real. I'd been invited by one of their most storied warriors, so I was protected, but not excluded. So I got to really share in the food and the love and the wine, holy mackerel, so much wine. I appreciated being part of something I wasn't a part of. It was a multi-layered, wonderful, complicated, and dynamic definition of family. The first family story they tell you is Cain and Abel, which, you know, doesn't really set too high a bar. From there, it's all Flintstones and Brady's and Simpsons and finally Pritchett's and Delgado's. TV families are great for only kids because when something happens, the parents have to investigate who did it. Whereas at my house, any mysterious circumstance could be immediately traced to either myself or our Pekingese dog. So subterfuge was a little impossible. So to me, family has always been just a few people, yet over time that began to expand. My social media game is not at all impressive, but I remain connected to a few folks who I'd be glad to have over to any holiday dinner. My black 501s, my hairstyle, and about a third of my manners are due to a tiny phalanx of incredibly powerful and somewhat dangerous people I've shared a world with. And they continue to explore the planet, create art, dominate business, nurture children, and ignore boundaries, proving that they are, as somebody once said, exactly who they always were, only more so. I rarely see these people in person anymore, but I carry them with me in the language, confidence, and courage they've inspired in me. Sometimes if you share time and trust with people, you create bonds that become keystones and bedrock you can build yourself on because they're not just people you know, but people who know you. That to me is family. Just because you're related doesn't mean you have a relationship, but just because you're not doesn't mean you're not related. I have a lot of cousins I'm related to, but I don't know them at all. We didn't grow up together, save those first maybe 12 years when we were all relatively in the same vicinity, just long enough to fill the bingo card of family memories. Fourth of July picnics, Christmas dinner, Thanksgiving dinner, Easter dinner. But besides about a billion calories, we didn't share any common experiences. They were athletes and cheerleaders and socioeconomically rising, and I was, you know, me. I remember a drive-in movie, Midwestern thing, and there was this football game in a front yard once after Christmas dinner in Houston. My father was related to me, but I never lived with him when I was a kid, and he didn't drop by because he was divorced and footloose and fancy-free and had a leather jacket. He did give me two presents growing up. One was that football game, he played football, where you put tiny plastic figures on a metal board that was painted like a football field, and then flipped the switch and it vibrated and all the pieces went haywire like toy soldiers on a booming stereo speaker. Then, much later, he came by randomly to give me a football and teach me how to throw a perfect spiral in like 
two hours. Then I didn't see him for about 10 years, but I did use that spiral with my cousins at that football game. Oh, they never saw it coming. Put down your comic book, they said. Come on and play football, they called. This should be hilarious, they openly mocked. And it was. Having already paired up who was going to block whom, because, let's face it, holiday family football is legitimized roughhousing, perfect for settling scores without any traditional consequence, I was given what should have been the coveted role of quarterback. The game lasted for one play. I called out some random numbers. I would like to think that it was pi or something like that, but it was probably just the number of the garbage masher on the detention level that Luke, Leia, Han Solo, and Chewbacca were stuck in on the Death Star. Anyway, the ball snapped into my hands, and boys excitedly ran headlong into one another. I remember this moment because one of my cousins, I think it was the youngest, had made it past the melee, was way on the other side of the lawn, and without thinking, I aimed the ball and threw it, not just to him, but to where I knew he would be when the ball got to him. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's the point. But it's me. So all of us were very surprised when it went right in his arms. And there he was, in the neighbor's driveway. That was the end zone. The sound of underestimation, breaking like a giant iceberg, was incredible. All the adults came out to see what happened. This mass of shock mixed with somewhat palpable disappointment. <sighs> it was great. I was then smart enough to get out of the game. I don't think I was dressed for it, and my mother very astutely recognized this moment as a fluke, which, if continued, would only lead to an emergency room visit. And you know how busy they are in the holidays. Lower Black Pain is a Michaels Adams initiative and a Cabs Everywhere production. Cabs Everywhere.